Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. there. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It's the new year. Yes. When it, this is when coming this out. When this coming yeah. out, it will be the new year. We're still like right before the I holidays. I feel weird like lying about that sometimes. Whenever they know that we record these far Very out. true. Very you know, true. Yeah. But at this point, maybe I've had my third child. Yeah. Who knows? Oh, maybe I'll be in the be hospital wild. when you're listening to this. I know. Probably so, because this is coming out after your due date. So Yeah, so hope. Yeah. Maybe I'll be home snuggling a newborn. Yay. That would be great. Exciting. Well, we have a fun guest. Hello. Welcome. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. I'll be hoping with you that you're snuggling your little newborn. Yes, there you go. Yes. Yes. Let's hope out. that. I mean, I want the baby to bake as long as it needs to bake, but I will be ready to snuggle the newborn after the first of the year. But guys, we have Carrie Stanfill on our podcast today. We are super excited to chat with you and just learn more about life. But why don't you start us off there? Some people may know you, may not know you, but tell us more about you, your life, just what life looks like, your family, hobbies, all of that. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Excited to chat with y'all. So I am a wife, a mom, follower of Jesus. I'm a real estate agent for my job for work. We have four kids. They are ages 17, 14, 11. And then our youngest will be nine on Christmas day which is a whole story in and of itself. I was going to say, wow, a That's Christmas crazy. day baby. I've known a few, like a few days before or Christmas Eve, but wow. Wait, I also need to hear, like, what did that look like? Where were all your other kids during Christmas? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was a whole story. (laughs) It was a whole thing, a little bit dramatic. So she was our youngest. So all my other three kids were late, and she was due on New Year's Eve. And so I was already thinking, like, oh, we're going to have a January baby. She's going to be late just like everybody else was. And on Christmas Day, my older kids were really, really sick that day. So we didn't go even to like our family Christmas to Christian's parents in town. So we were just home and we did all of our Christmas morning, did the gifts, did the whole thing. And then around three o'clock, I was like, I'm going to go lay down. And I just started having really regular contractions. And I texted Christian. I was like, Hey, so pretty sure this is happening. So then she came at like 930 that night. It was wild and crazy. Wait, that's amazing, actually. So like, did you just have family come over and be with your sick kids? You were like, sorry, we have no option. So we called Christian's parents who had just hosted like 30 people at their house all day. And I was crying. I was like, I'm Mm. so sorry. Like, I didn't plan this. Yeah, like you have any control. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know. But you know how it is as a wife, a mom, like you care about everybody else's thing. And I just was like, oh, I'm so sorry. But can you please come over? And our kids are really sick. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. So it was a whole, whole little thing. I have all the questions. Yeah, I have another So like, what do you do now? What's your youngest name? Her name is Indy. I-N-D-I-E. Yeah. On Christmas Day, do you guys like split the day like half is Christmas, half is her birthday? Or like when do you celebrate her birthday among Christmas stuff? So the way that we do our birthdays here is like we just have like a birthday morning. So when they come out, everything is decorated in the morning. All their gifts are on the counter. Even if it's like before school, we'll do it at like six in the morning. And we have like a whole birthday kind of rhythm. And so we just pick a different day. So this year, I think it's going to be on the 20th and it's never the same day. It's kind of sad, but like, so we pick a day and we're like, this is your birthday day. So like, we literally treat it like this is your day. Everything's decorated. We do the gifts. 
do whatever she wants that day, do our family dinner like we normally would. So that's fine because I mean, Christmas morning is crazy and everybody's ready to like come down and, and then we always go to Christian's parents. He has a big family in town. And so it would be hard to split the day. Yes. So we do it that way. That makes sense. I've always wondered how families do that and make it special for the kid. I know. Do you think she likes that? Is now she just like, oh, this is going to be the day. Do you guys like pick it all together? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I kind of look at my calendar. Yeah. You're like, when do we not have a Christmas party or like a school performance or yeah. Yes. And it's actually great because they're on break. And so we can have the whole day and it's fun. And I don't think she knows that it's a challenging birthday to have yet because we try and make it really awesome. And anytime I'm like out in public and somebody's like, Oh, when is your birthday? And anytime somebody kind of like, looks like, Oh, like like, we just did. Yeah. Yeah. We just did. No. (laughs) Well, I mean, I felt that way. Like I said, I have a December birthday too. And I was not super pumped to have a December baby, but we try and only make it like, it's amazing. Like you share a birthday with Jesus. Like how cool is that? It actually is kind of sweet. It's really sweet. It's very sweet. Wait, also great ideas for the birthday celebration. I feel like we're still establishing those in our family of like, we have for sure some of them. Both of my kids are born in August. And so we've had like joint birthday parties, but it's just fun to hear from like, yeah, just moms who are life stage ahead of us of like, this is how we do it. And this is the rhythm we've gotten into. Because I think those traditions are special. Yeah, it is My special. husband grew up with like none of that. And my family has like tons of traditions in that way. So yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. That's it's fun really to carry fun. That on. Well, your family and your life seems so full. What else did we miss about your life? Your husband's job, what that's looked like, maybe your marriage through his career kind of over the years. Share a little bit about that if you can. Yeah. I know I got a little sidetracked with the kids. My husband, Christian, is a worship leader, songwriter, artist in the Christian music world. And so since we got married, which we got married really young at 20 and 21, that's what he's been doing. So we've been traveling together and gotten to experience a lot of really awesome things together through travels and ministry moments and just being with the most amazing people. And It's had its ups and downs just of navigating marriage and family with travel. I don't know if your husband's travel or what their day-to-day looks like, or just even being in ministry. Life is just very full. So navigating all of that over the years has been, it's offered some challenges that we have come through on the other side, but early on, it was definitely hard. You know, we were talking before we were recording about Samantha seeing us somewhere. And when we were like, when Christian was leading way back in the day, and she said something about having my little kids with me. And those days were really hard because you're toting around these little tiny people and trying to keep schedules and trying to be present with your husband, but then also just being on a bus or doing any of that is just, it's hard. So not always as glamorous as it seems. And I can imagine as a wife, Maybe you didn't struggle with this. I don't want to put this on you, but I would have this battle of like, okay, you're this to the world. Like you go on a stage and you perform and everyone knows your face and you're recognizable. And then like, hi, I'm here. I'm taking care of our children and trying to like hold down the fort yeah, and, and do keep our marriage together. And-, and yeah, so I'm sure there were aspects of that too, of like everyone kind of maybe fawning over your husband and kind of being like, wait, we're in this together. We're a team. I'm a person too. I don't know. Did you feel any of that or no? 
I feel like God has graced me for it a lot, just that I like to be in the background. I don't like to be in the forefront. It doesn't bother me when somebody else has the attention or the limelight. And Christian is so great about, and always has been about like honoring me, whether he's out on the road or at home and just making our marriage and our family kind of central. And he said no to a lot of things too, like over the years where he would have to miss a birthday or miss an anniversary or something. And he's like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to have to say no, even if it's a great opportunity. So I do feel like God has graced me for that in a way that I'm really grateful for that. I just haven't really had that struggle of like, oh, I wish like people would notice me more or I wish (laughs) it's usually the opposite. Like even doing stuff like this, I'm like, just put me in the background and like, I don't need, but yeah, that part of it has actually been good. That's cool. We have friends who both spouses are in the public view. And I think it's actually really interesting because from the outside looking in, you're like, oh, that's so cool. But there can actually be some tension sometimes in those for sure relationships. So yeah, I just think that's cool how God makes perfect pairs a lot of times in that way of like helps us have like kind of what we need or in a way, yeah, like grows us in aspects of that. But yeah, if Christian and I were married to someone like that, we would struggle because like, yeah, it's just certain personalities. I think I would really, and like you said, God kind of gives you the grace for the situation you're in and like grows you in that way. But that's cool to hear. I like that. Also awesome that like it is a ministry that he's doing this in a way just as an extension of like what you guys are doing in your home too, just like sharing the gospel with people. And so that also probably feels different than like a typical limelight of like all the things. Because you're in support of that same mission. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Well, Carrie, take us through a little bit, obviously, just your life story in general. When did you and Christian meet? When did you become a Christian? What has that looked like? And what does that look like today? There's a lot of Christians here. I know. Christian, 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 we spell our Christians differently. Yeah. So that's funny. Yes. My Christian is with a K. So it's a little, little different, but a lot of Christians Mm -hmm. flying around in this conversation. (laughs) There you go. So yeah, I mean, I grew up in Orlando, Florida, and I would say I had a very simple, easy upbringing, which I think for a while, I kind of like struggled with that a little bit. You know, you hear these like radical stories of people coming to faith or being wild through high school and these amazing transformations. And I just feel like God has always been near And in like the best way, like even from a young age, I just felt like I had a sense of the Holy Spirit and had a sense of nearness to the Lord. And not that I didn't struggle, go through all the things that like normal teenagers go through. And, but I became a Christian when I was six. And I would say like my faith journey has been pretty consistent throughout my whole life with some like ups and downs, but my parents are incredible. My mom actually has a really unique story. I remember when my mom told me her story. And I was probably like 13 when she kind of shared her whole story with us, my sister and I. And I just remember even at that age being amazed at the way that God can change and transform a life because of who I knew my mom to be and the way that she was so kind and loving. And there wasn't like an ounce of bitterness or anger or resentment. And I, again, like I really breezed over she just has had a lot of hardship and trauma in her teen and 20s. So she married my dad when she was 29. And she and my dad were both new believers. So I say like my upbringing was very simple. And I didn't have this like massive life transformation. I just always was walking with Jesus. But watching my mom and my dad and like their faithfulness to each other and knowing their story and their background and brokenness, 
it really transformed the way that I saw the way that the gospel can work and the life-changing transformation of what Jesus can do in someone's life and to really like heal and restore and bind up wounds. And that had a really big impact on me growing up and still does. Well, see, Carrie, you're like, I don't know why you guys want me on the podcast. You should have had Christian. And right here, I'm like, yeah. wait, that is so good. I mean, yeah. I'm like, we could wrap right there because literally all the time I could get emotional because it makes me just so excited that I feel like so often in this world, we feel like my life's not flashy enough or this is boring or my life feels really broken or my relationships are broken or my marriage is like not the best or I'm yelling at my kids again. I mean, just all the things right. that we think <laughs> yeah. about as women of like, this is a failure and like, should my life look better? Should yeah. I be more holy? Shouldn't I like have, have this, this figured, figured out? out? Yes. Jinx. And yeah. I'm like, all of those things are just in that, yeah, Cliff Notes version of your mom's story. I just think that's awesome because we are here to have conversations about like the gospel does transform and that may look like an overnight transformation. And that is awesome. And we hear about those often and we think, oh, that's how it has to be. But then in reality, the majority of the gospel transformation happens over a long time that God is chipping away at our hard hearts and minds to say, no, I'm going to transform you into something that looks way more beautiful and way more lovely than what you could even imagine. And so you sitting here and saying, yeah, I don't have this like great transformation. I've always loved God and I've just walked with him all my days. Obviously, you're not perfect in that. But you say no, definitely like, no, not that, that is God's faithfulness. That is God's grace. That is God's abundance in your life. And I just think that's awesome that you can say like, this is my life transformed because without him, I would be a lot of other things that are not good. You know, like, I just think that's beautiful. That's awesome. I can't even tell you how much, especially the older I get, the more I'm just in awe, genuinely in awe of God's goodness and kindness to me and going that God, like I didn't do anything and none of us did or do, but I'm like, I didn't do anything to deserve your lavish love and kindness. And if the only thing you did for me was to forgive me and let me see and experience who you are, that would be enough. But he's done so much in my life. And I love that you said like that refining and chipping away because I feel like I'm in such a season right now of going back to him and going like, what else do I need to work on? Or what else do you want from me? I feel like my life is surrendered. I feel like I'm pretty open-handed. And it's amazing how when I started asking that question. He started very kindly showing me some things that he's like, this is not fully surrendered to me. And do you trust me? And are you willing to surrender this or willing to do this for me? So I've been definitely in the season, Christian, as you said, of just that refinement and thinking of like a sculptor sculpting something into something beautiful and feeling like I still have a ways to go, which we all do. Mm -hmm. It's a journey. Mm -hmm. Until heaven. Yeah, we've talked about this before in the podcast, the image of it comes from a book called The Gospel Centered Life, if you've ever read it. But it's this picture of, I think a lot of times we become Christians in life and we think, okay, my life's going to look perfect now. Like I'm going to love people better and I'm going to forgive without bitterness and I'm going to do all these things well. And I think the reality of it is, or we get hurt by other people who were like, well, they're a Christian. They should be able to give me better. And the reality of it is, is like, just because as you come into knowing and loving Jesus more in an intimate relationship with him, 
we're still broken people. And I think the image in that book shows that as we grow in our relationship with God, that our understanding of our brokenness becomes a lot more. So you asking like, God, could you reveal these things to me? And he's like, sure, I will reveal more to you that you need to work on. (laughs) And in that revealing, we also understand like the greatness of God more that the line also goes up. And so the cross of Jesus looks a lot bigger because you then get to, like you were saying, become more and more in awe of God throughout your life. Yes. I mean, when you start to see your own sin and brokenness, I mean, it really does give you more of that awe of who God is and what he's done. And I think that's definitely been my experience, especially lately. I just feel very low and very humbled by, again, like the kindness of God and knowing that I've done nothing to deserve what he's given. And it's truly a gift. I'm very, very grateful. It's interesting you say the thing like, be careful kind of what you ask. I was with a group of girls Monday night in small group, and we were talking about that, of just being in those seasons, if you're going to pray that boldly. I was reflecting back on Jenny Allen. I don't know if you ever read her book, Anything. It was like years ago, but I think I was in college when I first read it and hearing her journey of like, okay, I wanted to pray this prayer of like, God, I'll do anything. But then I had to start thinking about like, well, what would that mean? Would that mean like loss of something big in my life? Would that mean loss of a dream? Or what if that shifted everything I'm doing in my current day? And she really had to like process through that before praying that. And we were talking about when we pray things like that, we need to keep in mind, like to pray that boldly and earnestly could mean a lot of change in our lives because God is going to jump in. And like when we're really open-handed with our lives like that, I believe there's like so many layers and depths that he wants to reveal to us. So I think that's really cool that you're in that season because I have been in those seasons too. And it's really exciting. And like you said, humbling, but also can be a little like, okay, can I actually mean what I'm saying when I pray those things? Yeah. I'll just be honest. I mean, we've been this year, there was something specific that I just felt the Lord saying, I want you to do this. And it was a really, really big ask to be, and I don't want to go into all the details, but it was a really big ask, like so big that I literally fought it for nine months where I was like, God, is this you? And you also don't want to take a big step in life. If you don't know that it's the Lord, you're like, is this me feeling this? Or like, is this my flesh? Like, I just want to make sure that this is of you. And he was just, again, like so kind to just gently continue to say, yes, like this is what I'm asking you to do. So I talked to Christian about it and we decided together, like, okay, we're going to take this step. And y'all, I can't even tell you how just amazing it's been. We took this very scary step for us in life. And as soon as we took the step, we were sitting like right over here in our front living room. And he was like, it's so weird, but I've never felt more secure in my whole life and more safe than I do right now. And I'm like, me too. Like usually when you make this big jump, there's some unsteadiness. And honestly, we're like, we don't know how this is going to turn out. This could be terrible. What are we doing? But there was so much peace and security because we were like, no, we know that we are right in the middle of God's will and that we are walking in obedience to him. And I just think if there's anybody listening who's like, I think I'm supposed to do this. And I'm telling you, I was terrified. I was like, no, 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 surely this isn't you. Surely I'm not supposed to do that. And I'm just telling you, like, he will be faithful. If he's calling you to do something or asking you to lay something down or surrender something, he's just so good and so faithful in those things. And he hasn't failed us yet when we've done that. And we have so many stories throughout our marriage of watching him 
come through that it almost becomes like this fun adventure. You're like, okay, let's see what happens next if we take this leap. So it's been really, really sweet. Yeah, there's no greater peace than when you know you're walking in obedience and there's no greater like unrest in my spirit and then pours out into every aspect of my life when I know I'm walking in disobedience. Or even if I don't feel like I'm walking in disobedience, to not be walking in extreme obedience is that. And so I know the feeling of both. And hopefully as I get older, I'll continue to say, I want to quickly go back to what he's calling me to and walk in that obedience. Because even if it feels uncertain, like you were saying, in the act of it, I know that's where more peace is going to be versus living in my own will. So I like that story a lot. Yeah. And thanks for sharing with us, because obviously there's like a lot of details to what you just shared there. But I just think it is really applicable for any area of life. If you feel like you're in a season of transition or if you are looking for a new job or your family dynamics about to change or maybe you're getting married or all of those things, big decisions in life or even just small ones. I think it's cool that you guys have taken the time to say like, is this you? Is this my flesh? You really sat on it for a while, but then what just like awesome faithfulness and kindness of God to say, no, like this is going to be really great. And I'm going to give you the security and steadiness once you take that leap with me. So that's awesome. We're obviously jumping around here a little bit, but tell us how long have you and Christian been married and when did you guys meet or how? So we met in college, our freshman year of college. We started dating the end of our first semester and we got engaged two years later. So we got married while we were still in school. Like I said, we were 20 and 21 when we got married. That was my husband and I. Really? Like little college babies, like people looking and being like, is that a wedding ring? Yeah. (laughs) Right. I know. People were like, y'all are crazy. But fortunately, our parents were super supportive and great about it. But we definitely had people tell us we were crazy for getting married so young. But now I'm like, I don't care. Our kids could get married at 20 or at 40. It'd be great. But I'm like, if you want to get married at 20, it's the best. Like we loved it. So we got married at 20 and 21. So we've been married for 19 years. It'll be 20 years in May. And it's been a wild ride. I can't believe it's been almost 20 years because it's gone so fast. Everything everybody says is so true. The days are long. The years are very short. And we've had plenty of ups and downs. And we've been through some fires together and been refined again. And just like we were talking about, we are seeing so many people around us and even in ministry who whose marriages are falling apart or who are getting divorced. And not that our marriage has been easy by any means, but I think pushing through those really hard seasons and getting to the other side, like when it would be really easy, or even people might look at you and go like, oh yeah, you have every reason to go like, I'm out, like peace out. And obviously there's different scenarios and different things. That's not a blanket statement, but just we have found that pushing through to the other side of those hard seasons has borne so much fruit in our life and in our marriage. That's been really sweet. Yeah, we want to talk to you just like a bit because obviously 19 years and 20 years, congrats. That's like really huge. I'm like, wow, that's for us 11 years. Our anniversaries are kind of near each other. So that's just like fun to think about. But it'll come fast. Yeah. Christian is pretty open about being now three years sober. So you guys have walked through his kind of walk of addiction. You guys have raised four children in kind of like a limelight of celebrity world of just Christian's job. But you're also just like faithfully trying to, like you said, nothing is special about my life. I'm just like faithfully following Jesus and we're just doing our thing. Talk to us about all those things because that is a lot of highs and lows. What have you learned? What has God taught you? What's that looked like? The ugly and the really awesome? Yeah. Yes. Christian 
is three years sober as of November 9th this year. And I couldn't be more proud of him. That in and of itself, anyone who has walked through addiction personally or with somebody that they love, it's definitely a hard thing. I'm not going to gloss over it. It comes with a lot of challenges. And so for us and for him, that was just a journey of just really unhealthy behaviors, stresses from home, stresses from work, and ending up spiraling into alcoholism and needing to be pulling his life up out of the pit in a sense. And I think what's so interesting, and like, especially if y'all have tracked with him at all over the years, he's always been who you see, like on stage. He's always been that even at home. He is and always has been one of the most authentic people that I've ever known. Like I always say, like, he's got like a heart like David, like he just has a heart after God and after the things of God. And that has honestly never changed. But yet I think with addiction and what people who've walked with somebody understand is it's really not necessarily a reflection of somebody's heart. It's really of the mind. So we just kind of had a come to Jesus moment in November of 2020 where everything kind of came to a head in a way that it was like, something has to change. Like something has to give, we can't keep doing this. Like our marriage is not in a healthy place. There's unhealthy patterns in our lives. And it was starting to just affect home more. And there was just like this burden on me. I couldn't even pinpoint to be honest, like what it was that might sound crazy, but a lot of social things, there was alcohol or whatever. And you just kind of get used to that rhythm and it just became an unhealthy thing for him specifically. And so we had to come to Jesus in November of 2020 and thank the Lord. I mean, he was so all in. I mean, Christian was like, I'm ready to like lay this down, get healthy emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. So that's what he did. And I mean, the year probably 2020 to 2021 it was rebuilding trust and all the important things that you have to face of going like, is this real? Like, are you actually healing or is this like a blip on the radar and things are going to go back to how they were? But y'all, I'm telling you, he has had so much freedom and so much healing in the best ways. And he's just leading more free. He would say like, this is the good life. Like a life without alcohol is the good life. And just being so joyful and so grateful for where we've come in. And again, like we've always had like a really sweet marriage. Like we really, really like each other. Like even in the hard days, we have like a sweet rapport with each other all the time. But there was just like this thing. It was like a dark part of the coming and going that just felt like present that you're like, what is that? And that is completely removed. And we are just living our fullest, best life in this season together. And I mean, I think our kids, we've definitely shared with our older two more and our younger two know like dad doesn't drink and it was unhealthy for him. So we've kind of like brought them into that. But like, I definitely think that they feel that. I mean, even on Christian's birthday, like a year or two ago, our oldest He's like, dad, you just are so much more present. So just things that you don't even realize that are necessarily off or missing until they're removed. And you're like, oh my gosh, there's freedom and joy and peace and all these things, like so much fullness. And it's been really, really sweet. Something I was thinking as you were just sharing all that, well, many things, but one, I'm really grateful that he has been open on social media to whatever extent and that you guys are willing to talk about it. I also think we're living in a culture now where 
I feel like we're hearing it more and more just of people kind of waking up from this, like even if they don't feel like they're battling addiction to alcohol, it's like it just doesn't make your body feel great. Like it's very normal and more like celebrated to live sober right now, which I'm so grateful for in our culture. But I was also thinking just about how I don't know the details of like what all of that looked like when it was really dark and hard. But I think what can happen in our marriages or just in our own personal lives is we can like you said, like it's social or I can make excuses or like that's not all the time or and this is with anything that could just be something that doesn't have to be sinful. It's not like purely sinful, but it can become that in our life. And because I don't know, I can see there being a world in which as a spouse, you can just think like, well, I'm overthinking it or like I need to have grace for that or whatever. He's really stressed. I'm not going to like put this on it. Or like you said, like he's still following God. I still know that that's where his like true affection is. And so just to be able to look at our lives and notice, okay, we're not fighting. Maybe we're not like in this giant dark place in our day to day, but overall there's something that's just not right. And that's not honoring and glorifying God. And so I think for all of us to hear that, like, what is that in our own life? Because I think when you're talking earlier about those marriages that you're just like, it can seems like there's seasons where it's like a lot of people around me. I know that I'm like, wow, like their marriage is falling apart. They're struggling or this, or is this going to happen to us? Like my husband and I got married really young too. And I'm always like, what is going to be our big, like dark pit? Or, I mean, we've had a lot of pits along the way, of course, in almost nine years, but it's interesting to think like we have to stay not like crazy in the way that we always are analyzing life, but noticing when our marriage isn't exactly how we know it should be and knowing when to say like, okay, it's a season or knowing when to step in and say like, this season's gone on too long and there is a change that could be made to make this better. And so I think there's a lot to learn from all of it. Mm-hmm. Well, and even as Carrie, you are sharing about your own personal life right now, just asking God like, hey, what areas are not totally surrendered to you? Similarly, obviously, it is labeled with addiction and it is labeled with now being sober. But in the same way, he's saying the same thing that he's saying, hey, what is not surrendered to you? Like something is actually not totally pure in my mind that is glorifying to you. And so that has now looked like, yeah, an awesome way I have followed Christian's story along in that. And it's been an awesome thing to watch him just really vocalize that like nothing has changed in my heart. And this was just like something over here that I was like struggling with. And it wasn't bringing glory to God. And ultimately, why would I do that? Then you know, just like, what is the point then? If it's not glorifying God, then why are we doing it? And that could be something like alcohol, that could be something like gossip, you know, that could be how we label things big and small. It's really no different if it's pulling us away from God and glorifying him. Yeah. Well, we've kind of shared a lot of this, like what God's been teaching you throughout the episode, but we were chatting before that we love getting to hear from moms a few stages ahead of us or wives a few stages ahead of us. But to anyone that you're speaking to that's listening today, where is God working in your life recently? And how would you use that to encourage all of us? Mm. Just a simple question. (laughs) Just a small question. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of what I just shared would answer that question of just the surrender and trusting him. The other thing I will say is to be vulnerable and honest, I've really always struggled with being more negative. Like I tend towards pessimism than optimism. And it kind of like has always bothered me where I'm like, I don't know why I do that. I just can like see the negative over the positive. And Christian is always like the glass is overflowing and I can be more like the glass is half full. We're a good match. But I have really been focused on finding joy and gratitude and realizing how gratitude really does pave the way for joy. 
and for just seeing the beauty and seeing the goodness. And maybe it's because I'm getting older, like I'm about to turn 40 and I just feel this sense of gratitude anyway, but like, I'm just starting to see God in so many things and it really transforms the way, I mean, literally in like the sunrise, taking the kids to school. And again, like as the world around us is getting more chaotic and more crazy and more uncertain and unsteady, it has only made me feel in a weird way, like more peaceful because I'm like, I know something that is sure. I know something that is steady. I know the one who is a rock on on my feet. And it's just given me this sense of gratitude in my heart that I'm really grateful for, especially given, I would say my natural makeup. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't see that in you at all. So I was going to tell you either that's God totally transforming you because when you said you lean towards the negative or pessimism, I'm like, wow, I don't get that at all from you. Yeah, you're just so such a lie. On this podcast, so don't feel like, but no, I can walk around our house and be like, oh, like this yes. needs to be changed. Okay. And oh, yeah. I, 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 feel I yes. struggle with that. Yeah. I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. Yes. So I see yes. the, the, the negative and, in everything. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, so I think that is something that right now, like God is transforming in me and just bringing me so much joy and realizing that gratitude really paves the, and like paves the way for peace in our lives. And so when we see what God has already given, even if you're walking through something really, really hard or dark. And I even remember when we were walking through that first year on Christian sobriety journey, I would just sit down and journal the things that I was grateful for. And it really transforms your heart and your mind when you're able to do that. And so that's something that I feel like God has been showing me and been gracious to allow me to see in this season. I was just sharing with a different group of girls this week at a Bible study that a few years ago, every day I would write the date and then I would list like one through five and I kept the list going numerically and I would write down like five things that I was grateful for. And it was interesting how it always starts out broader, like my family, my kids, whatever. And then it would get down to like me holding this warm cup of coffee this morning or the other day I was doing it and I was like getting to read my Bible with the glow of the pretty Christmas tree, like the little things that it was so interesting. I started doing it again recently because I felt myself probably during, you know, it's the Christmas season of like, buy this, do that. You need to do more. We need to fix this. Okay. In the new year, are we going to do this renovation? Are we going to buy that new thing? Take that other trip. And it's like, I feel this like, tightness when my mind starts to go towards those things, because I know that's just not this contentness that God wants me to live in. And so truly the way to battle that is writing those things like of gratitude for me. And it's like a miracle, magical thing to do that and see how quickly it turns your heart into just, yeah, like being joyful about every little thing we come across. And yeah, the season my husband and I are in currently is not a happy, easy, great season just with some stuff going on in our family. And it's like that stuff, it's just like the perfect remedy for that. It doesn't make it all perfect, but it makes my heart just like in a different place than if I don't do that. So I love that you said that. We always kind of make fun of my mother because she's like one of the most like sweet. I mean, my parents are like very great people. And my mom is constantly just like weeping at something, just like in the (laughs) kindness and goodness of her. She just stands there in like a family moment and she's just kind of like slowly weeping. And we've always kind of made fun of her for this. And literally just this week, my sisters and I were on a phone call 
And we were saying like, no, that's actually just the sweetness of, I love that you said the paving of joy and the paving of peace is that gratitude because my mom literally sits there and just looks at moments. And I have found myself, we talk about this often. I'm like, I hope that it's God's wisdom that he is gracing upon me as I've gotten older of just seeing the sweetness of life and being able to sit back in a moment and say, wow, this is so good. God is so kind. And I've now recognized that I'm thankful that I don't make fun of my mother anymore. And you cry a lot. Oh, during I cry a lot too. And I love it. I was going to say, give it a few years and I bet you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm my mom. I I'm like, oh, I'll be weeping yes. at like yeah. whatever it is. And I just think that is, again, the goodness and kindness of God. So I just love everything you shared today, Carrie. You obviously just live a very wise life in the gospel. And so we just thank you for coming on. Thanks for your time today. And we appreciate chatting with you. Yeah, thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thank y'all for having me. Yeah. Y'all are awesome and so fun. Let's get coffee. I was yeah, going to say, please. yeah, let's get coffee. <laughs> Okay, don't you you live in Nashville? I don't think we shared that. Do you live in Nashville? No, I'm in Atlanta. Atlanta. Why did yeah. I think Atlanta. you guys live in Nashville? Okay, well, there you go. well, Christians in Nashville a lot. Okay, but we live in Atlanta, so okay. we're really planted at a church here called Passion City Church, and so we're here for the long haul. I think. Very awesome. Yeah, very fun. Well, yeah, guys, we will make sure to link Carrie and Christians, all of the things in our show notes, just so you can connect with them because they are doing awesome things. Our local church actually takes a big group of college students down to Passion Conference every January. And so they have just loved everything that Christian's doing there, but obviously really good wisdom. And Passion like changed part of my life. I can like be bold in saying that my senior year of high school. So I always say I want to go back, but one of our best friends works for our local church's college ministry and you know she has two little kids but she gets to go every year and i'm always like do you you need like a chaperone for these college kids because we want to go yes i don't know if i can stay up that late multiple nights but yeah yeah i would try yeah (laughs) yeah i know i'm like we still look like college students right you do you you quite literally do (laughs) do. yeah your 17 year old is like yeah mom cool yeah (laughs) no passion conference is going to be an amazing not like amazing, like, oh, it's going to be so big and it will be, but we are so, so expectant and excited for this year, which will probably have already happened, but it's January 3rd through 5th. So yeah, we always just hear the most amazing things that come out of it. And like the way individual students from our church and like in a broader sense, like lives are so changed through passion. So we think it's really cool. Good work. So that's awesome. Well, thank you, Carrie. And we so enjoyed chatting with you today. Thank you. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.